the incomparable. Number 119, December 2012. Welcome back to the Incomparable Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, your host, and the topic today is something near and dear to my heart. It is my favorite superhero of all time, Spider-Man. He does whatever a spider can. And uh, to talk about many aspects of Spidey from the comics to animated shows to we could talk about that crazy Japanese TV show. We could talk about the <laughs> 70s show with Nicholas Hammond. And of course, we can talk about the movies uh, with uh, both the, the Sam Raimi version and then the new version, The Amazing Spider-Man, which came out this summer. Joining me to talk about Spidey are two uh, people who I think are fairly expert in the ways of the webhead. Uh, Five by Five's very own Dan Benjamin is back, and it's great to have you here. Hi, Dan. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back. I like this. I can I can be a guest. I can relax. This is like uh, a party. Yeah, there's no stress when you're a guest. I love being a guest. No. When you're the host, it's like, oh God, what, what do I do now? But <laughs> just relax. Sit back. We'll talk talk about uh, talk about Peter Parker a little bit. Uh, and also joining me <laughs> is Andy Anatko. Who else? But Andy and Ico, what I call on in my moment of need. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Hello, Jason. Did you uh, – actually, sadly, uh, tragically, my uh, Uncle Ben was killed by a, a miscreant. And he said before, before he died, he said, with great power comes a responsibility to book Andy and Ico on more podcasts. So <laughs> well, that, That's interesting because two days ago, I made some Uncle Ben's rice and the box said, add butter about 10 minutes before it's done. So, so Uncle, Uncle Uncle's Ben—they're always just packed with wisdom. Why? <laughs> Why were they living in that crappy place in Queens if he was the heir to a rice fortune? He—he <laughs> he was on the exile from you know from 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 basic bayou-based rice cartel. Most grains are controlled by the Armenian mafia. Yeah, they kicked him out and sent him to Queens. <laughs> it's something that every time I, I, I go to New York, I'm, I'm coming in from JFK and we go through Queens and, and Forest Hills and I, and I think it's Spider-Man territory. It's funny how the geography of New York for me in so many ways is, is defined not just by Marvel Comics because they would say, you know, unlike DC, which has Metropolis and Gotham City and things like that, these fictional cities, uh, the New York City stars in the Marvel Comics. And for me, it was always Spider-Man. And so to this day... I will see things other than a few places where I'm like, oh, that's in Ghostbusters, right? But mostly <laughs> it's it's Spider-Man. It's all the various bridges that horrible things have happened on and, <laughs> in Spider-Man lore. And, and even uh, even going through Queens, it's like, how does he get to the city from all the way out here in Queens? I try to think about the geography. It's like, is, does he jump on the back of a subway? Does he? I, I don't even know. Well, of course, this, this, this calls to mind a, a legendary uh, Peter Parker, uh, 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 Peter David, uh, issue of I believe Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man in which he has discovered that the person the person he's chasing is actually holed up in a New York suburb and so he has to basically do exactly there, there are no tall buildings to like web swing by there he essentially has to like web himself to the back of like buses <laughs> yeah the D train not, not, take the a, D train. A, a pedestrian uh, Spider-Man is not exactly the most movie movie oriented <laughs> visual no, you this possibly is true. get you want him to get there as fast as to the big buildings as fast as as possible. Lots of going on in Brooklyn these days. Maybe he'll be uh, around Brooklyn more now. Well, see that's well, that's see that's that's the other thing too. Like uh, because that you because Marvel uses like real New York locations, they'd always try to put him in. Well, he's broke all the time, so let's put him into all the low rent districts of New York. But that's kind of like a map of like the trendiest places imaginable. It's like oh, well, he has one of those hip Chelsea apartments. No, but 1973 that was a really bad place to live. That was taxi driver neighborhood. 
But, you know, it's interesting, Jason, because you mentioned, you know, Marvel always picks the real locations and DC doesn't. So that I had just I had just shown I just seen this uh, Dark Knight Rises, which we're not talking about. I, right. I've come to understand. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen it yet. We will. Well, I, sh- I was showing, you know, my, my kid just turned five. He's not old enough to watch that movie yet. He's seen the first three, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, despite the fact that he was not old enough to watch those either. <laughs> sure. Uh, but definitely not old enough for Dark Knight Rises. But he really, he, for his birthday, one of the things he got was the bat. He got a bat wing that goes with this bat cave set thing that he has. And uh, and so I said, well, you know, there is some really cool like bat wing. They don't call it the bat wing. They call it the bat in this movie. There's, And I'm not ruining it. You've seen this in previews. But there was a couple cool scenes. I said, I want to show him this. So I showed him this. And uh, and then he recalled that I I have met Batman. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, there was an Austin Comic Con a year ago, and I went to it, and there was a man who uh, was. I mean, I'm talking the full suit. I mean, the the real deal. This was the Dark Knight suit, full on, and he was this tall Australian dude. And I said, "Listen, my kid doesn't believe me that I know Batman. Can I get a picture with you?" So I had uh, my buddy take a picture of me. Moises, I think, took it and sent and I sent that to uh, to my kid. Long story short, he immediately was like, oh, my God, I got the coolest dad in the world. He knows Batman. Dad really does know Batman. Yeah. So ever since then, like once in a while, I'll bring it up. And he's like, well, where does where does Batman live? I said, he lives in Gotham. <laughs> he says, well, where's Gotham? Is Gotham real? Like he knows Batman's mm-hmm. real, but he's not sure about Gotham. And, uh, yeah. and, and so, you know, he knows Spider-Man lives in New York. He knows I've been to New York. So why didn't I meet Spider-Man when I was there? <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting decision, right, to, to have that real geography instead of that, that somewhat fiction. I mean, Metropolis, there are arguments about where Metropolis is and and, and Gotham and uh, what is it, Central City where yep. the, the Flash. Flash is and Coast, oh, right. Coast City. And, th- and they're all kind of like these, uh, you know, slightly rewritten versions of, of cities. But it's like it's a parallel universe. And Marvel's trick was always to just say, you know, this is this is real. Peter Parker lives in, in Queens. You know, you know, this is part part of downtown in Manhattan and and uh there is no Empire State University though sadly my my application was rejected to Empire State <laughs> on account of the fact that it doesn't actually exist it's <laughs> and I guess NYU I don't know but um but Peter Parker went there so let's talk about the movie first just because it's it's new this is the Andrew Garfield uh reboot which is a, is a topic of its own because do we need a reboot 10 years after the last time we told this story and and that is a frustration for me the fact that they decided not just to hey keep making spider-man movies that's great spider-man 3 was really bad so it was time to change the creative team i think but to tell the same story again i remember being really upset that they were going to um you know tell the the origin story again because i feel like how many origin stories do we need to see how many times can you tell this same story yeah. and 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 what's interesting about these characters isn't their origin right it's it's all the things that come after the origin the origin is like one issue of a comic book and then you move on and yet they 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 went back and they told the story again and it's a different take i wonder what you guys think i mean in watching it again a few weeks ago when it came out on video my take on it cuz i saw it in the theater was that this was very much like a modern ultimate spy Spider-Man kind of retelling, whereas the Sam Raimi movie from a decade ago felt like it was really honoring the 60s original kind of Steve Ditko, Stan Lee version of Spider-Man. I felt like I was really watching the that was that was very much kind of honoring the past. And this one was happy to try and make it uh, much more updated. There were things, you know, but the, just going into this and we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. There were things that I had heard about about this movie that concerned me. Like what? Things I thought, well, like 
that they had sort of changed the 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 concept of um, Peter Parker's dad. What's his first name? Do we know? Doesn't matter. His Richard, dad. I think. Yes. Okay, so they had sort of changed his the backstory on this a little bit to I mean do we need to mention that you need to see this movie before you listen to the rest of yeah, this fi- I mean, we'll fire off the spoiler horn that's 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 a good idea uh, I mean at, at this point if they don't know that they're in trouble they're listening to the yeah, wrong show exactly uh, spoiler bell <laughs> I heard it so you know here's here's the issue with that that I have with this is they wrote it now originally you don't really for, for a long time you don't really know the mom and dad parker you don't really know them. You don't need to know them. You know Ben, right. uh, you know Aunt May, you know Peter, and that's good enough. Yeah, they're way back in the past. It's it's not relevant. Right. And in this story, they added the whole concept of, well, they, you know, his dad was this scientist and he was doing things with spiders. Right. and an, uh, They didn't die by accident, right? Right. Yeah. And I didn't know that, like, I was very apprehensive. I was, you know, I was a little nervous. I was a little, I had to lay down. I was a little scared. <laughs> sure. But it went, it was all right. It wound up being all right. I thought I wasn't going to like that part. But I, it really didn't, it didn't, it didn't do much to bother me. That's a story straight out of Brian Michael Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man, which yeah. I should say is my favorite comic basically in the last 10, 15 years. And, it, it, you know, about 150 issues to tell the whole story. Um, and then they had a – it came to a conclusion and now they, they're doing something different with a different character. But yeah. um, but that was part of the story and I always thought that was really interesting. It was It was like let's take – what we know about Spider-Man and then kind of retell it in this more modern way. And that was one of the plot points was that the, the Peter's parents dying was, was part of the story. And this right. Norman Osborn and research into various kinds of things that these shadowy companies are doing and that, and that there was more to it than that. And, and they, they did that in this movie too. And uh, yeah, I didn't, that didn't bother me either. I thought I was going to be crushingly bored by just like, oh yeah, great power, great responsibility. Right, they don't right. even say that in the movie. They don't even say it. Now, what did you think about them not saying it? Don't they have to say it's that? It's so hokey though. It's so hokey 60s. I mean, I love it. And yet it's, it's to have regular human beings say it out loud, son, with great power comes great responsibility. It's so, it just feels, you know. Oh, I don't know. That's, that, I, think that, I think that's a little bit cynical. That's something there's. <laughs> Okay, because think of think of every single great moving line from every great moment, uh, every every great movie. I mean, Casablanca, you know, the the problems of two people don't amount to hill hill of beans. This that's not a really really naturalistic sort of piece of language, but boy does it stick to you. And if if you were there, if you were there in the scene in that actual location, you could sense that communication between Uncle Ben and Peter through gesture, through movement, through the way they interact with each other. But you don't have that available to you. So a great writer, and yes, Stan Lee is a great writer, comes up with a line like, with great power, son, comes great responsibility. And also, it allow, it's, it's, this, it's like a musical theme that in the, in the soundtrack of Peter Parker's life, time and time and time again, that every time he wants to be taken back to his greatest failure and the thing that will haunt him and motivate him for the rest of his life, this one absolutely locked in your brain phrase has to be evoked and that instantly brings all of that together and that's actually why i didn't i didn't like this development i didn't like it uh, the two other times i i found it where uh, where it turns out that you know, there's there's a there's a there's a dark secret to to peter parker's parents that's being kept from peter parker uh we uh, saw that in the movie of course we saw it in ultimate ultimate spider-man uh later on when 
Marvel writers seem to have run out of things to do with this character. They actually made Peter Parker's parents spies <laughs> and they're killed yeah, off right. because they were actually super uh, secret spies. And this is right. something that I just never, uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing. I don't like it because it's inelegant. I don't like the fact that it's difficult to create civilians inside a superhero universe that, I like the idea that he is a normal kid in a normal life. He had this piece of tragedy that so many of the people who are paying their 10 cents to buy that comic in the 60s through the through the 90s have had where my, I lost. I never really knew my parents. They died when I was really, really young. I have felt as though I don't really have my own identity. And then when you say, oh, well, actually, your parents were super duper spies. Uh-huh. And they were special. That kind of removes that touchstone that makes it gives that extra emotional heft. Now, in terms of the movie... Well said, Andy. I, thank you yeah. very much. Uh, in, in terms of the movie, I don't like it just because, simply because now this isn't the story about Peter Parker and Spider-Man. This is the story about Oscorp. This is the story about this, this right. dark research being done. Oh, and by the way, incidentally, in the course of evolving this story, uh, this, there's this kid, he gets Spider-Man's power, yada, 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 but he's just one of several people who gets animal powers because of this genetic But Really, you really want to know about this Oscorp because that's the, fa- that's, that's the thing that, that, <laughs> that brought us through, through 40 years of continuity. That's of our story. Right. Yeah. And well, but I think I think it's an issue of emphasis, though, where in Bendis's Ultimate Spider-Man over the course of, again, 150 issues, that it becomes a part of the story, but it's not the whole point of the story. And there's several things in Amazing Spider-Man that I felt like, you know, it's forced because they only have two hours to tell their story or two and a half hours or three hours or whatever. It seemed kind of long, uh, over long. But um, in, in Bendis, it so- somehow felt more natural. They weren't the solution to the entire story, right? It was an added little quirk that they might have been involved in some of this. Um, and, and you know, then a yeah, clone of his father comes back and it's not really his father, whatever. But it, it felt a little more natural because it was not shoehorned into the first five issues, right? It was something that was kind of dropped mm-hmm. 50 issues down the road. And and that's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that, that feels like they just, uh, they cut corners because they needed to jam it all into a single movie and movie storytelling is very different from long form comic book storytelling in the way that uh, you know the original comic was was done or the way that uh, Bendis told Ultimate Spider-Man so it felt much less kind of offensive to me coming from Bendis than it did in this movie I didn't I didn't mind it so much only because it was different and I was really dreading more than anything another faithful retelling of Lee and Ditko because they already made that movie they made that movie like nine years ago it was not that long, or, or t- eleven years ago. It was not very long ago. So I, I wanted to see something different, and it was different. I'll give it that for sure. Okay, but <laughs> but two points there. Why do they feel as though they need to completely reboot the franchise? They could simply recast the character and find new things for Spider-Man to do. There's so many great stories. Oh, I agree. Assume, I mean, assuming, why, why retell the origin? Exactly. Other than that, Peter Parker, in some ways, is more more interesting when he's new to the role and is a kid in school. And that in I, I was I was really loved that in Ultimate Spider-Man, he's in school. Uh, he's in high school the entire run. He, right. he never oh, graduates right. from high school or anything like that. And with Tobey Maguire, who was already like 30 when he started, <laughs> right? They had to get him out of there as quickly as they could. And right. I, I think in 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 this one, in the Andrew Garfield one, they wanted to go back to that he's a kid in school thing. So that's the reason. But you're right. Did they even then? Yeah. Did they really need to do anything but have like an origin, you know, opening montage and then just tell stories? Let me put it this way. We never, as far as I can recall, we have never, ever, ever heard James Bond origin story 
We have never, there's never been a movie in which we hear about, here's where he, what he was doing before he became a secret agent. There, it's in right. the books, but it's never in the movies. The movies just simply say, hi, secret look, agent. that guy, he's James Bond, he's a spy, right. and we're off and running. Where's he come from? Uh, Who and, knows? And uh, it would have, I agree. I, I think, I think superhero was, movies in general overdo the origin story thing, you know, and uh, and it, 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 it infuriates me because it's not necessary. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's not it's, the most interesting story for most of these characters. Is there anybody on this planet who does not know who Superman is at this point? You can just yeah. put uh, a shot one, scene one of the movie is Superman in the red and blues, in the cape, fighting. And we're off. Yeah, or ca- catching somebody who's fallen off a building. I mean, you know, and that's the so. Okay, I don't know if we're ready to. I mean, Jason, it's your show, but I don't know if you're ready to <laughs> dive into this point. But I, I, I there, there, I have issues. I have issues with, uh, with Spider Man in this movie. Now, I gotta, I gotta say, guys, I like this movie. I liked it a lot. Really enjoyed it. Me okay, too. But, but, but. I got. I have some problems. Let, let me before before we go into the problems. I want I want to mention something that happens very early in this movie. That uh, and I, this movie is really flawed. And I did like it. And the, I think the reason I like it is because it it got me on its side very early on. And it's a a single scene that I felt encapsulated the character better than any of the Sam Raimi movies or really any other uh, filmed Spider Man. Or animated, right? The 60s Spider-Man, oh, that was, that was some work. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of all these teenagers, right? That was <laughs> – uh, I, oh boy, I watched that show when I was a kid. J.J. Jameson really hated teenagers. Anyway, and there's no Daily Bugle or, or Jameson in this movie either, which is interesting. They oh, just, wait a minute. I, may, may there's I? some restraint. <laughs> may oh, yeah? I, there, yes? there was a Daily Bugle. Oh, was there a Daily Bugle just kind of – If you remember when they are hmm. showing the news on TV – there is a little bugle, and it says ah. underneath Daily Bugle where the CNN logo might have been in the ah, real world. So it's in the world, but it, we haven't seen it, and Peter's not a part of it yet. Correct. So, so anyway, the scene that gets me on its side is um, in the in the Lee and Ditko, you know, he's a wimpy kid with glasses. Correct. And he gets beat up and, and or, or uh, you know, taunted and by tormented. Flash Thompson. Yeah, and, and the jocks, and he's a, he's a pencil neck geek. And then he gets these powers, and, and we know that story, right? And, he be, and then his, his, his uncle dies, and he feels really bad, and with great power comes great responsibility, and he decides to be a hero. What I really liked about a scene early in this movie is he gets, he gets bullied by Flash, and then Flash is out in the quad, and there's another kid that's getting bullied. Right. And and Peter Parker and he's like, hey, Parker, take a picture of this. And he says, put him down, Flash. And and, and then Flash basically beats the crap out of Peter because Peter is not playing along with Flash being a bully to somebody else. Like the shoes on the other foot, Peter could play along. It would be easy or he could walk away. But it, and there's something about that scene. The decency of Peter Parker as a human being. Mm. I really liked how they did that because what they said is this is a person. He doesn't have power. He's a weakling, but he's a fundamentally decent human being who understands right and wrong, but he doesn't have the ability to do anything. But he's brave enough to stand up to the bully. He just gets the crap beat out of him. And I really like that because I felt like that was Peter Parker. That said something to me. It's like they they got the character. That – is that is the kind of person who would end up 
following this arc and becoming Spider-Man. He's heroic but doesn't have the powers. And that made up for a lot of things like why Gwen Stacy is somehow running a research lab <laughs> for Oscorp when she's a high school student and all of these other bizarre connections that are kind of pointless um, just because I felt like on a, on a purely kind of character level um, they got him right and it was that scene. So that scene earned a lot of goodwill for me. I don't know if that if it did for you guys but totally for me it was did. like they got him. That That is the best Peter Parker uh, scene I have ever seen. No, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. And that for me, you know, one of the things that that made that movie, I mean, obviously we're talking about superheroes, so it's not going to be like completely real, but that felt like a real, in a lot of ways, it felt more like a real scene to me. The idea of Peter Parker being sort of universally bullied, universally not fitting in, universally, you know, just, uh, as you said, pencil neck geek, you know, like that, that story was kind of... I felt like that was old, and I liked what I liked about the retelling of this one was that you know what you what you have here is somebody who, you know, maybe he doesn't exactly fit in, maybe because he's a bit smarter, maybe because he's a bit uh, different anyway. But it, you know, it's not like he's he's uh, ugly. It's not like he can't communicate and can't you know coexist with the other members of society. No, I mean he's he's relatively like a cool kid, you know, he knows how to to, to dress in that sort of grunge. He has a skateboard. Uh, yeah, he has a skateboard, like, you <laughs> well, know. Man, and, that wraps it up right there. And, yeah, Poochie. and there's and there's one guy, <laughs> one guy who, who is kind of a bully universally who happens to pick on him most of the time, and that's a little bit more like what I remember high school and junior yeah. high being yeah. like. He's like a computer nerd, and he's got a skateboard, and he's just wants to do his own thing, and he's not part of the popular jock crowd. Um, yeah, yeah, right, but I think it's, that's it's right. not. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not like everybody beats him up. And he, and he, yeah, and he doesn't have a pocket protector. And, <laughs> you know, like, right. oh, Flash, sorry he's, about he's, that. I don't know. Which is a very sixties. I mean, it's, that's the, the classic story. Andy, what do you think? Well, I, I don't. I don't think that was a bad scene at all. I thought it was. I thought it was good. It, it serves the purposes that you explained so well. Um, I, I wonder if it couldn't. If the story couldn't have been a bit more powerful, if they would have let that a little bit more ambiguous. I think it's fascinating uh, when you're t- writing stories about superheroes, when you're talk about here is here, here you go, kid, you now have superpowers. What are you going to do with them? How is it going to change your life? How is it going to change how you interact with people? Here's how is it going to change how you uh, resolve problems that you're going to have in your life? And I, I like I said, I don't think that scene where he's intervening with a bully is uh, it makes is a bad scene. But it would have been more. Into, it, what it does is says, "Oh well, Peter Parker was always heroic. Now he's not. He's a he's a hero who can actually uh, actually have influence over other people." It's more interesting when he. Uh, it, it might be a little bit more interesting depending on how you would write that scene. If you said that he was a little bit weak, he did not. He he. You didn't give him a specific instance to prove who he was when confronted with that kind of danger. Uh, when you put him in, an, in in a situation where now he feels as though he can do something, how is he going to do with it? How is he going to deal with it? Is he going to say, "Well, it's not my job to get into other people's fights"? I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've been bullied enough that I, you know, I, I have, to, you have to, people have to figure out the, their own solutions of that, or are they going to simply, or is he going to simply say, "I've got these super superpowers in my back pocket to use them if I'm going to use them, but right now I feel as though I can intervene without having to twist somebody's head off like a like a like a champagne cork." Uh, I, I just think that it, it's it's it plugs into something that I've uh, that is often something that I don't like about the way that uh, a lot of comics are written. Um, Dan and I, my own podcast, we're talking about uh, the the uh, Marvel Now uh, uh, 
version of uh, the Fantastic Four where each of the Fantastic Four names a replacement for, uh, that's going to be uh, substituting for them for the four minutes that they think they're going to be away while they're off uh, exploring uh, other dimensions. Uh, and so Johnny Storm, being uh, uh, being a, a gold-plated idiot, basically says <laughs> he, he's dating Paris Hilton. So it's, okay, well, guess what? Paris Hilton is now going to be take my place on the team. And so they uh, the, the, the issue comes out tomorrow. We find out exactly how that happens. But according to the cover art that we've seen so far, essentially she wears one of like Ben Grimm's old like thing exoskeletons back when he was depowered uh, in like the mid hundreds issues of Fantastic Four. And that that's sort of I haven't read this issue. I don't know how they're doing it, but it just gets my it, it sets my expectations very, very low because it's like, oh, man. So what you're saying is that all you got to do is put a super suit on somebody and suddenly they act heroically. No, that's not how it works. It's there is a horrible, horrible, right. a horrible, horrible incident that, that just came to mind that I'm sure a lot of us are sadly familiar with where a man tried to break up a man uh, tried to break up a fight on the New York subway platform, got pushed onto the tracks. Uh, a train right. came by and nobody helped him as he was cramming to get out of there. One person decided to take a picture. That is the demonstration yeah. of what people, and I'm not, not saying that all these hundred people are idiots. I'm saying that you don't know, there are times when you don't know what to do in that circumstance. And there are people who have done the right thing in that circumstance that later on would say, I don't deserve any praise for this. The next thing I knew, I was jumping down there and shoving him into the alcove and hoping that I don't get run over either. It wasn't a conscious decision that I made. I just think that that by putting in that little bit, that little bit of a scene, it might've diminished the, the, the gravity of Peter Parker's decision to act in a heroic manner once he get, got these superpowers. That's all. It's it's a different take. And I, I think I sense throughout this movie that they were trying to take that different path. That the fact that Uncle Ben doesn't say the yeah. words with great power comes great responsibility. That, that Peter is shown as having this fundamental decency up front. That his confrontation that leads to Uncle Ben's death is – you know, it's less kind of offensive. It's more just like he gets pissed off at a jerk at the convenience store, and so he he doesn't. You know, he he. It's not it's not quite as bad as the sorry. Uh, I'm going to look out for number one, and that means me. It's just a little more pedestrian, right? Uh, in fact, a little more every day of like you just said of something you just let go by that you probably shouldn't, and it comes back to get him. But it looks like they. I felt like they took a different path, and and I guess everybody can decide which kind of Spider-Man story they like the best. Uh, I I love the fact that they said, hey, you know what? Peter Parker was always a stand-up guy. He just couldn't do anything about it. He just was a weakling and he he had a decency that would serve him well later when he got the power to do something about it. And I like that. Anyway, we should probably talk about some other stuff. Dan, do you want to do you want to detail all the things that uh that drove you nuts now? I mean, okay. All <laughs> do right. we have time? To... I, all right. So here here's the first yeah, well we got time. Jason, we got time. Uh, How okay. much time you we got? Just put a fresh, fresh, fresh reel to reel up there. We've got at least two yeah, hours put of a new tape on. Mode. Yeah. So, okay. You really got to upgrade that equipment, Dan. I mean, it was, it was, know, it was okay I'm when sorry. you were launching the network, but now it's really embarrassing. <laughs> that, well, I'll get right on it. So I, I don't really know where to start, but let's start, <laughs> let's start with the fact that when, when he gets his powers. Let's start right there when he gets yep. his powers. All right. So here's the experience he has on the train. He's on the subway train. He's sort oh, of yeah. fallen asleep. In the in the in the subway in the car, and he he uh, somebody's trying to what are they trying to steal some out? Steal a skateboard. Steal a skateboard. Which I he mean, has a skateboard. You see, because you know, Cause super valuable thing to steal from someone. 
And he winds up sort of uh, getting he, his hands get stuck to the pole because he's now got the super grip. He can't control it. And the, he's accidentally knocking people out with this pole, which he pops right out of the thing. And that's fine. That was cute. I like that. That was fine. Um, and then somebody breaks a skateboard, his skateboard over his arm, which he holds up to block himself. Now, if you remember the first time that um, that Toby Maguire's uh, Peter Parker realized that he had these sort of fast reflexes and things like that, you have this quite comic uh, old right. whoopee, yeah, up, up and away web, right? And and this was so. <laughs> I was so glad that this did not take that approach. I was so glad that you didn't have the Flash Thompson shl- slow motion fist, which he's like kind of walking around oh, right. and looking up <laughs> underneath and all that ridiculous. This was much better sort of discovery of his powers and of and. I mean, on the one hand, I didn't think he was weirded out enough, even when he was breaking things in the bathroom. But let me let's let's just go forward here for a second. How does he start exploring his powers? Now, listen, he has comic books in this alternate world that he's in. Okay, sure. DC DC comics DC comics exist. So let, let me just let me okay. If I if I have this happen to me on a subway, the first thing I'm going to do is be like. Why the heck am I so strong right now? And I'm going to walk to a place where no one can see me and I'm going to start lifting stuff and I'm going to see exactly how strong that I am. Can I lift that rock in the back? You know, because we have this rock in the backyard yeah. that I can't, I, oh, I'm going to have to hire, budget. I'm going to have to hire yeah. someone to move this thing because it's not where we want it to be. I'm just going to, can I lift that? Can I lift it? You know, I, like if you just, if you started doing this a uh, hundred up thing. You're going to, maybe I can lift, maybe I can move that chair without, you know, that big, that big lazy boy chair. I can probably just move that if I want. I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is see how strong I am. I, and uh, you know what? Why did my hand stick to that thing? What else can I do? Can I climb? Can I, what else can I stick to my hand? I'm going to figure this stuff out. What's he do? He goes and he skateboards around and does a little parkour. Is that how I say it? Yeah, come on, yeah. man. Dude, do something. <laughs> Climb the wall. I want to see what I can do, first of all. And the second is now he goes on this vendetta thing where he's trying to find the guy that uh, eventually he's trying to find the guy that uh, killed his uncle, right? Right. So he's he's running around town looking which, for this. Which he never does, which he is another does. diversion, right? He never does. He, he gets over it instead. <laughs> but here's, but yeah, an, go ahead. here's another thing. I'm just – stop me if, if I – you know, if you need a break. Then he goes <laughs> – he's chasing this guy. Now, okay. So at one point he finds this guy and then his uh, his droogies, for lack of a better term, start chasing after him. And he's, yep. he's got five or six of these guys. Now, hold on a second. Flashback to him unintentionally kicking the crap out of like eight people on a subway car and easily flicking people around. And he's running from like four or five guys. Come on. Now, listen, in the comic books, uh, in the comic books, he's quite strong. He's quite strong. Now, yes. I, I don't know how whether this is the ultimate spider-man strong or whether this is the marvel universe traditional strong but either way like spider-man can at least move if not pick up a car he might not be it might not be easy oh, yeah yeah it might not be like oh i'm gonna fling a car around fine but he's strong i mean the dude's strong you know he has to for those who don't follow this closely he has to pull his punches completely so that he doesn't not seriously injure but com- just kill kill people regular human beings if he doesn't pull a punch you're dead and you're so dead and yet he's running away from five guys chasing after him and it did it was just inconsistent the way that they portrayed his strength he's in the bathroom just using a little you know a little like first finger and a thumb and boom pops off the knob if you can pop off a knob from a sink with your two fingers, I'm not. I'm not running away from a couple guys with a knife. If I have super fast reflexes and can fling up and down on the wall, like 
I'm not going anywhere. You guys are going to leave. You know what I'm saying? And I, it just all of these things, it really, it bothered, why did he have to I'm be so, un- so hard not to make a really rude joke right now? But that's how inexperienced he is, Dan, right? That's he doesn't even he's not even thinking straight. It wasn't about inexperience. He blocked he blocked the skateboard on the bus with his natural <laughs> instinctive movements because he's a spider now. So yeah. his, his natural reflexes are going to protect him. Where was his spider sense in this movie? Where was his spider sense? Oh, there was, oh, he has a spider sense because, like, there's a spider and a bug walking around nearby. Like, warn him that someone's going to hit you. That was not coming to, okay, in the Marvel Universe, it has been, st- <laughs> hang on. All right. I'm upset. I, I can tell that. This is the voice of a man in pain. This is just one thing, guys. I find it amazing that the, the proportional strength differences upset you more than the fact that a high school student is leading a lab in see, midtown uh, Manhattan. Did but you, go ahead. Did you see the <laughs> photograph that I sent to you guys each in the in the uh, in the Skype window? Have you looked at that photograph? Oh no, I haven't. If you have that, if you're able to access oh, it, please load Flicker that link. I'm seeing it right now. It is a Flickr link. We can put this into the show notes. I'm four in this picture. And who am I sitting with? I'm in a mall in the Chamonix. You're with Spider-Man. I am sitting with in the Chamonix mall. I'm sitting with Spider-Man. Spider-Man has, I love Batman. Don't get me wrong. When I played superheroes, I was Batman. But I loved Spider-Man. So this kind this of is thing the, is This important. is the classic uh, tights costume, yes. which the filmmakers have had a struggle to try and make look cooler yes. than this. And we'll, we'll get to the costume in a minute. <laughs> and, 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 so, and I'm not going to take over your show. I'll stop because I know people are about to turn it off. But here's the <laughs> thing is it, where's his spider sense in this? Where's his regular spider strength in this? Isn't there spider sense? I get the sense not, that they have a couple of scenes where there's a, where he has a realization and they do one of those kind of freeze and turn around little, things. A where, little, but it, it has been said in the Marvel Universe that even even the fastest and most super-powered uh, super folks in the Marvel Universe have trouble hitting Spider-Man because of his spider sense. Even if he's unconscious, his body will make him dodge it. Andy, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong on this. Andy, am, am I right about this? Uh, I'm not sure if you're right about him being unconscious. Maybe not. But okay, but, but does, I think he that, does have a spidey sense. As 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 when yes. he's, when his head is being attacked by tadpoles. And see, this is another thing in this book that I read to my kid. There's this one with the vulture. It's it, it, I know it's for four year olds, but in the vulture, the vulture catches him by surprise. I, every time I read this page, like I want, I want to, I don't want to. I don't want my kid to grow up thinking that he could be taken advantage of by the vulture, a sneak attack because he's on silent magnetic wings. Like, come on. Nope. It, he's not going to get attacked. He's Spider-Man. He's got the spider. I can't kill a spider. Can you? No. I, I can, no one can I, kill I, a spider. I killed spiders. I can kill a spider. I can't do it. They get out of the Is, way. Are you they saying jump. a moral thing? Because uh, I also have no moral compunction against killers. No, I'm talking about you. Try maybe you got different spiders, but here in Texas they're okay. fast. You got to chuck. You got to chuck a lot of things in them to get them. <laughs> so you you don't like that Spider Man is uh, is uh, his powers seem inconsistent when he becomes Spider Man. Yes, because here's the thing: there's learning and mastering your powers, and there's having them. And if all of a sudden I could lift a car. That might not mean I know how to aim the car when I throw it or my aim might not be great or something. But like I, if I can lift a car, I'm going to feel pretty confident walking down that back alley at night. 
So, you know, I wonder if some of this I, – I see what you're saying, although um, in the chat room they're saying that the, the subway scene is sort of suggesting spider sense throughout. But I, I see what you're saying. I wonder if okay, some so of this fine. is – if it suggests it, where did it go the rest of the movie? Also, Moises suggests that you're hulking out in your brain. You're like, oh, I'm so frustrated now. It's okay, like no, normal right. Dan, no, Dan has disappeared. Scene, that scene totally does indicate spider sense. Why don't we see it again for the rest of the Why movie? Why don't we see it again? Right? Thank right? you. Uh, I wonder if – the filmmakers decided in this sort of, geez, you know, we just did this movie 10 years ago to take some of that stuff out, right? Which may not have been the right decision. Somebody else in the chat room pointed out, what, you want less origin and more of that lizard story? It's like, yeah. fair point, right? Fair point. But I do wonder if they were like, yeah, do we really need lots of scenes where he enjoys learning about his powers when we are telling an origin story that people just saw 10 yep. years ago? Yep. I don't know. Give me more. It's all. You want more? I want, I want a little. You, want and more. I, you know what? I don't need a, a lot little bit more. more. I don't need a lot more, but just give me some more. Yeah. I enjoyed the the crafting of the of the web shooters. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Was that. To, that to, was a to great me, part. To me, if you give him organic web shooters, you don't get it. Because yeah. I, I, one of the best parts of the of the craftsmanship of this character. Take that, Sam Raimi. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get it. I mean, it's because it, it's this is a Peter Parker is a fusion of the powers he got from the accident, the morals that he grew up with and that he developed himself. And also the fact that he is, he's not a, he's not a super scientist, but Oh my God, he is a very, very clever young man. And so it's, I've always loved the pre the, 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 the fusion between, he got these powers uh, from, uh, from the radioactive spider bite, but then he had to go, go, go his home, go to his house and figure out how to build this sort of thing. And I also always dug the idea that he could, that it could become a problem that, Oh, I'm out of fluid. <laughs> I, I I I was I was supposed to fix make some more yesterday, but I got I I I, I stayed out late my day with Mary Jane's and oh dang it! <laughs> right. One one of the best uh, one of the nice things about Ultimate Spider Man is that that at various points he uh, runs out of web fluid and he runs out of costumes. Yes. Because his costumes get shredded. Right. So so you end up in situations where he has no spider pants. <laughs> And I love that because it's like this kid doesn't really know what he's doing. And that's that's a nice thing about the character is that he's he's he doesn't have it all together. He's yeah. a kid. He's making it up as it goes along. And also and also yeah. getting, getting back to what uh, we were talking about earlier, it takes a it takes a great deal to voluntarily get hit. Even if you even if you know that you that you can take it that this person who's swinging at your face is not going to do much damage to you, it takes a lot to put yourself in that situation where you're willing to get hit. Right. So I think right. I, I I think that uh, here, here we here we are just having talked about how we really wish there wasn't an orange origin story. If you really wanted to prosecute that and make that an interesting way to tell, talk about this person's origin, it's not about the spider bite. It's by figuring out that, oh, actually, it's okay for me to get hit in the face or it's okay, it's right. okay for me to uh, put myself in this dangerous situation because there's a limit to how badly I can get hurt. But also there's the another thing that makes Spider-Man so good is that he's not like he's not like the Hulk. He's not like She-Hulk where – you know, the She-Hulk is to me a very boring character because it's been demonstrated over the past, especially over the past ten years, that nothing can possibly hurt her. And when Dan right. Slott took over, I, I love Dan Slott, but he did a, one of the things I didn't like about when he was doing a, the She-Hulk run is that it established that now she has a healing factor. You can basically stab her through the chest. You found the one thing in the universe that can actually hurt her, and just as long as you remove it, she'll be okay in about thirty seconds. No problem there. Peter Parker, he gets bruised. He gets cut. If you shoot him, if that if that bullet, if he if he can't dodge out of the way, if that bullet hits his heart, Peter Parker, he'd be dead. Uh, and uh, the the fact that he's yes, he's, and I, I, no, I totally agree. That's a really great point. But that's also consistent with the comics yeah. too. 
You know, he you, he gets shot in the comics. He's he's shot. I, do, I, mean, I, I, I agree that I think the movie put a, had put a lot on its plate. That if uh, at some point they should have winnowed down the the feature set of this movie, saying that oh, we yeah. can't, we can either. You know, it, it's it's like trying to figure out exactly how much fuel to take uh, on a trip to the moon. It's like okay, but if you <laughs> if you want to take on this piece of equipment, we're going to have to take on less fuel, which means that we can't we can't stay out for quite such much time. What do you want to do next? They should have said. Okay, if you really want to make this a story about Oscorp and science, that means you're going to have to cut back on his origin story because we don't have enough. There isn't enough bandwidth in the audience to uh, to keep track of all these sort of things. Uh, similarly, you you can say, well, we really uh, we know that he has in every single incarnation of this character, he has a spidey sense. We cannot figure out a way to economically communicate that to the audience when he's fighting. So let's just say either let's just not use that in this story. At best, we'll say that oh well, he has the spider sense, but he hasn't figured out he hasn't really figured that out yet. In, in the next okay. in the next in the next movie, he'll figure out the spider sense. So I really, but one thing for the record, I when I think I'm saying after I listen to you guys explain this. Is that really like Peter Parker? Maybe not so much Spider Man in, in this movie. Like I felt like he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like it was. Oh yeah, yeah. Does that make no? This sense? is this is. I think that's accurate because I mean, when he takes, he's got he talks to Captain Stacy when he's been, you know, been wounded and is on the ground and says, "I gotta go. You gotta let me go." She's at the tower and all of that. Yeah. That's you know, th- it's yeah, it's it's this kid trying to figure out to be. This is not like Mister Professional Spider Man, yeah, right. right? This is amateur kid trying to become. Spider-Man. Yeah. And, oh, and Andy, to your point, um, the one that, that they kept in that they should have completely edited out is the whole – there's the whole subplot where there's like lizard gas that turns people yeah. into lizards. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that exists – seems to exist only so that he can have the antidote up on the top of the tower. And I there, – there are lots of things like that and the fact that Gwen coincidentally works with Dr. Yeah. Connors and all of I these mean, all of these interconnected things. And, and then there's the whole like arc, story arc set up about – Norman Osborn needs his vaccine because he's dying, and there's the executive yeah. from Oscorp. I mean, all that stuff is completely unnecessary and extraneous. I felt as though there, there's the Christopher Nolan style superhero movie in which you set the which the direct, the filmmaker sets the bar really, really high. In which we're gonna take we're gonna take nothing for granted. We're not we're gonna take nothing for free. We're gonna make a ex- incredibly well thought out and polished movie. And then there's the Avengers style movie. Which can be just as entertaining, but it's like, nope, we're going to have action, flash, noises, great special effects, just scene, 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 scene of keeping the keeping the ends right. up. And then, of course, when the lights come back up again, you realize, well, that didn't make any sense. Well, this why did they do this? This made, it made no sense for them to do that one either. Well, who cares? I had some popcorn. I had a good time for for two and a half hours. Spider the Spider Man movie is one of those types of movies. You really, I feel like. I feel like it's got more, you know, and we can we and have disagreed about the Avengers, but but I will agree with you this that there's that there's the spectacle part, which is fights and explosions and stuff like that, and and uh, technical stuff and well handled. Um, what I like about Amazing Spider-Man that pushes it over the top for me is that when you get outside those moments, you do have some either nice or interesting or funny character moments right. I, you know the the stuff with the st- where he goes to Gwen Stacy's apartment and the dinner the super awkward dinner with Dennis Leary <laughs> well I mean right? what, what dinner with Dennis Leary <laughs> oh wouldn't God. be awkward but well, I mean that's a great great casting yeah, like grumpy, so grumpy George Stacy and and so oh, Peter what do you do that guy is a that guy's a freak he's a he's a he's a vigilante he's outside the law and and it's just I, I love that stuff and and like I said the stuff where Peter is shown to be decent and also when he's kind of like confused and doesn't really know what the heck he's 
doing. Uh, and when he learns about uh, being that he's obsessed with the guy who killed Uncle Ben, I mean, all of those things, those were nice moments. So I got I got some sort of like I got the junk food part and I got some other nice kind of funny and and, and good character stuff. And for a, you know, for a summer blockbuster superhero movie that's not that's not bad that may not be the apotheosis of 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 superhero movies but that's that's not bad to get a little bit of both of those things and not just the junk food if that makes sense no it's a good way to say it yeah i mean i think it's just the difference between the movie that you that sticks with you for for years afterward and the kind where you're you leave the theater and it's it's behind you I mean, disposable. I, 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 right, really, I right. believe it or not, I had completely forgotten that the Spider-Man movie, there was a new Spider-Man movie this year until, you know, this, this topic for this show came out, even though you can't, you, 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 you can't escape uh, all the ads for it. Uh, whereas, I mean, it's, 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 it's a great dessert. It's a great snack food. It's just not something that really sticks with you. And I think that it's those kind of decisions that, uh, that the filmmaker makes. Yeah, although I'll say that that scene where um, Peter stands up for the person who's getting beat up and uh, and actually that really awkward dinner and a few other scenes in this movie will stick with me. I don't feel like, you know, Spider-Man 2, I feel, and, and the original, but, but Spider-Man 2 was a movie that hung together, I think, really well and is one of my top superhero movies. And this isn't, this isn't necessarily in that class, but I, I think, you know, but it worked, it worked for me. And like I said, a lot of it was getting that character in that place right. early on that let me accept some of the ridiculous uh, plot and circumstance that happened later because I, I got – like the character's journey was more important to me than the ridiculous connections of the plot. And that that's – if you don't make that connection, then you have nothing to go on and you're just staring at the plot saying, why – this makes mm-hmm. no sense. But if you're rooting for the, the this kid, then the movie's going to work a lot better just from – just because you're on his side, and so like a, you know, like I said at the beginning, I feel like that's that for me. And I can't maybe if it, that scene doesn't work for you, it's not going to work. The movie's not going to work the same way. But for me, it was like so perfect a decision to get me on his side that fast because then that that excused a whole lot of sins, and there were well a lot uh, of sins. Think, after think that. of it this way: wouldn't have wouldn't it have been interesting if uh, he had he saw that, and his his main thought was that. I'm just glad. I'm not glad this person is being bullied, but I'm glad that I can get to my class on time. It's, it's not, well, me. not, not I'm, I'm saying more of a practical thing where <laughs> I really thought that I was going to be five minutes late and bleeding by the time I got to math class. I'm glad. I'm just you know glad that I'm I'm not getting hassled today. And then you see that this kid has changed his attitude where he was being mean before, but he maybe looks back on his past things. Thing where I really wish there would have been someone to intervene intervene for me every time that I had been uh, I, I I had been confronting right. that. Sure. I mean, that would be a different story. I guess for for me, I liked I liked it was a way I had not thought of the character before in thinking that he didn't get his bravery because he got powers. Yeah. Right. Because oh, yeah, you see yeah. him stand up to Flash when he is impervious and can beat the crap out of Flash. Right. You've seen that in various retellings. And I liked it here that he sta- – no, no. He stands up to Flash even when he's going to get – he knows he's going to get beaten down by him because he's a decent person. And that was a different take. And I, and I liked that take because it wasn't one I'd seen before. But it, it, you know, that would be a different choice to go the way that you it's suggest. Good. Be, which would be interesting, right? Because it would be, it would have be, have resonance with that whole "I'm looking out for number one" kind of thing that was from the Lee and Ditko story of like, you know, who it's not me, I'm going to walk on by, and then regretting that later. Well, there, there's there's a fundamental aspect of storytelling, and that is change is just part of life. 
that you are the sum total of uh, your your experiences in the past that dictates how you're going to react to new experiences in the future. And that if you're the same person today as you were five years ago, then I'm so glad you came out of that coma, sir. We didn't think you'd live. Um, <laughs> and it's so, uh, I love when a comic uses, takes an opportunity to really underscore those kind of markers to say that, I mean, that, uh, Peter Parker is a different person at age 24, uh, age 23 than he was as a teenager. He would have been a different person at 24, even if he had not been bitten by a radioactive spider. Uh, and not, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that everything I say seems to come back to an unkind comment about Fantastic Four in the past. But <laughs> that, that's why I, I, it's it's so interesting to me that you have the in the Fantastic Four you have these four people that were two of whom are absolute tourists. You know, the, you have this 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 uh, this woman who he sort of dabbled in modeling, dabbled in this, really didn't have any focus. You have this kid who was just an idiot jerk <laughs> from from like from day one, uh, and they had to really change who they were by the virtue of the fact that now we have these powers and now we're being thrown into these situations. And so when you when the uh, different Fantastic Four writers tried to establish, oh no 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 no, Sue Storm, she was a one, she was a hero even before then. She was a strong, independent, dominant person who gets what she wants and goes and gets her. No no, that's okay. So you have essentially robbed her of that part of the journey by saying that nope, now she's the same person she was before. Only now she can become invisible. So that's that, so that's so I, I, I that comes back to I don't disagree with you that that's a strong scene. I just, my my ear is more tuned towards wow what an opportunity that would have been to say this is the process he's going mm. through over the past, over the next two or three years now that he has superpowers uh, he will he would be he, he will be a different person uh, start to finish but how how how, how are we going to compare him to who he was at the start at the start of the movie it's 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 interesting when you start off with this character that we don't really like or that we ourselves might ignore or may think oh my god this guy is such a wuss he didn't even like wanted like throw a rock at this guy to, to maybe distract him. Wow. He just has, he's just, what a wuss. And then thinking that he, well, finding out that he has learned to get the, to get a bit of a backbone and it's not the sort of arrogance. Well, now that I'm invulnerable, now I can do what I want. It's that, you know what? I really wish that somebody who was, had any opportunity to do anything had intervened for me any of the hundred times when I really needed a hero come by. So I'm looking forward to reading Andy Anako's new run on the, the, the uh, adjective inserted here, <laughs> Spider-Man, beginning. Uh, <laughs> that email address again is anotco at gmail.com if you're a Marvel editor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just let it be in, get in touch. Um, the, the Marvel is doing some – it's an interesting time to be a fan of Spider-Man. We have, we have Spider-Man number 700 coming out, uh, which is – uh, promises lots of changes, and then they're sh- they they are shutting down. Yeah, <laughs> until they start it back up again. Amazing Spider-Man with number seven hundred, and they're starting a new Spider-Man title, which I I think they're hinting is not going to have Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Okay. And this is another point where Moises says that Dan's going to yes. going to Hulk rage out. But but bear with me here. In <laughs> Ultimate though. Spider-Man, we also had a storyline which led to another character becoming Spider-Man, and so this the, you know we've had a little bit of there. There was the Spider-Man 2099 was an alternate Spider-Man, right? But generally, keyword alternate alternate Spider-Man. But this is uh, they're playing with Peter Parker and Spider-Man here in ways that they haven't before, and I think it's sort of strange timing that they're doing this, and I don't really understand it. I will say that I think the Ultimate Spider-Man with uh, Miles Morales, who is the new Ultimate Spider-Man, despite all of my feelings like that, was a giant mistake and was mismarketed and all of these all of these problems I had with it, has turned out to actually be a really good story. <laughs> uh, 
um, despite all of that. So it's like the P- when you when you get past the PR uh, and go back to actually an interesting story, the story's pretty good, even if the PR was really annoying. But I, this seven hundred Amazing Spider Man, and then the big mystery about what happens to Spider-Man after that it's like I, I, I have that moment of like why do you keep why are you screwing around with Peter Parker they already did the one more day thing where they nullified <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the deal with the devil that nullifies the, the wedding and all of those things so we gotta keep it in continuity things. a lot of things we gotta keep it in continuity but we'll just have a magic spell that changes uh-huh. all the it's continuity Strange, but it's still in continuity oh my god I still, I so, still say, right, I, right so why, why are they messing with I mean I feel like they're messing up messing up a good thing when they mess well, around not, with Spider-Man not necessarily I like um, I too was like, oh boy, I was really, really worried when the more, the more Marvel hypes something in advance, the more worried I get about it because oh, yeah. I think they're batting maybe zero for a hundred in how they pay off what they promised to be doing uh, in, in a big event. And Dan Slott, whom I, again, absolutely love him. He's, he's one of those names where I'm instantly interested in any comic that he's writing. Uh, wrote one, one, wrote one I, I have a co-author credit with him on, on one Marvel comic, incidentally. Uh, so he's a colleague, and we work Ooh. together. And, you know, <laughs> uh, the, nice. the, the, the lamest credit whatsoever. That's a story for another day. Uh, but and so he was hyping, hyping, hyping issue six ninety eight. Where the that was that was the ornery Spider Man number that one. That was Ren and Stimpy <laughs> comics and stories, by the way. <laughs> the indigestible <laughs> Spider Man number one. Um, but the uh, I, I thought they did something really interesting. With are, are we doing spoilers or are we not doing spoilers for this? Do them, okay. do them. Yes, we're doing it. Spoiler zone. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, the, 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 in advance, we knew that, oh, well, who is Spider-Man? And like, oh, God, is it going to be another one where they figure out that, well, people don't really care about Peter Parker. What they care about is the costume. So if we put another person in the costume, oh, boy, yeah. they'll still love that, which is why Miles Morales, I really couldn't. Uh, it's a fine story, but it's like, OK, why bother making him Spider-Man? I don't care about a different person as Spider-Man. I'm following Peter Parker. Uh, so by doing this story very, very cleverly written 698, where it sounds. I'm reading the story and thinking, "Oh wow, I'm so glad to see that Peter Parker finally is like losing his like self-deprecating, you know, self-defeatist right. attitude." Hey, I'm doing great work for for the scientists and as as scientists, yeah. uh, and you know what? I'm going to start things up with Mary Jane. I don't know why I'm not doing this. And I, I'm an Avenger. Isn't that wonderful that I'm an Avenger? Isn't that great? Peter Parker's having some pride. Then we find out that no, actually, Doc Ock did a body swap or. I maybe something that involved uh, Doc Octop- Doc Octopus putting his his brain his thoughts his personality and everything and ticking don't don't yeah don't try to get too exactly. fine well, on it or I think, it all falls I, apart I, yeah. but yes he copied his personality but the memories of peter exactly. parker so, right and and if you've works. read the, the 699 then you know that yeah. uh, peter parker is also peter able to access deal. um doc ox yeah. doc so as well and including his date with Aunt <laughs> <that's>, may <yeah. laughs> so that, i mean that's i I think that that's I'm relieved and now intrigued on in what he's going to do with that because what I don't like is these things where I if I'm having a question if with the one more day thing if you're having a conversation with somebody and they ask you why did this happen expecting the answer oh well you see uh, Peter Parker did this deal with the devil but no the answer is. Well, some editor decided that he wanted Peter Parker to not be married anymore. And so not really caring how they did this so long as they did it, they did it in the most lame way possible. Because whenever there's – I feel as though, okay, so Peter Parker is going to be – they're going to kill Peter Parker and someone else is going to have to take on the mantle of Peter Parker. And fast forward three years from now when – 
nobody remembers that Peter Parker was dead, not even Peter Parker, because they reversed it in such a lame, stupid way. It was a waste of time to get uh, to, to sell com comics in uh, November of 2012. This is an interesting thing that doesn't invalidate what's gone before. Promises to be an interesting dilemma for Peter to be in. Uh, and I, you, you can make too much about what I'm about to say. I hope I'm, I articulate this correctly. When you get to the end of this storyline, it doesn't create something that has to be ignored for the next five years. Like when J. Michael Straczynski decided <laughs> that Peter Parker is actually is morphed into an actual spider, dies. It's a totem animal. It, exactly. Yes. Well, it, see, uh, and then and then and then a new <laughs> the, the, the Peter Parker after turning into a horrible spider creature dies. A new Peter Parker cry, crawls out of that husk of that creature that Peter Parker was, and now now again there's this there's this meeting in which <laughs> like the story conference like everybody have their donuts great everybody have coffee great okay we know we all know what we're gonna have to say let's just all say at the same time one two three the thing with the spider husk never happened good we're on the same yeah. page yeah. let us never speak of this ever again uh, I, I just don't like those things where it's clearly this is going to happen temporarily. And then this huge thing that should be for the rest of his life, Peter Parker should be holy mother of God. I was a spider who ate human flesh. And then I call holy <laughs> mother. of No, I'm not coming to work today. Would you go to work today? Knowing that, that has to be every single day for the rest of his life. If we accept that this actually happened, we're asked what Dan is doing with Doc Ock. It's, that's going to be very, very interesting. That's a, that's a trial that's going to teach us a lot about who Peter Parker is, and and isn't it? And also, isn't that the worst thing imaginable? Like, is that, that as 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 trustworthy as the, the as a horror story element as body swap that someone is living your life for you? Isn't the worst fear that oh my god, this guy is doing a better job of being me Way than I ever than me. did? Oh damn it! <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah. worst news. Yeah, problem. exactly. Continuity is just a a crushing thing in comics in general, and and I mean that's why uh, Ultimate Spider-Man worked so well for me is that, that, that they got to toss it out and tell that story again. And after you tell the stories long enough, then you know literally every story has been told and then you end up doing these backtracking things. And there's nothing worse, like you said, than saying the reason the story happened is because we had an editorial directive to change continuity. I mean, that's it. That, that one more day, uh, I would put the Crisis on Infinite Earths thing in DC Comics. It's the same sort of thing. It's like, right. it's a story about continuity. That's not a story. <laughs> continuity is not a story, right? Get Beam back. I, I would much rather do, um, if you ever watch the TV show Friday Night Lights, the second season of Friday Night Lights kind of goes off the rails, and the third season comes along, and they don't have Bobby Ewing standing in a <laughs> shower, and oh, it was all a dream. They're just like, we're not going to even talk about what happened. We're just going to, it did never happen, right? They just don't talk about it and tell more stories and comics sometimes get way too caught up in the mechanics of continuity and I think that the writers are at fault and the editors are at fault and the fans are at fault when really what we want are, are good stories that that shed light on these characters that we like that are that, that's different something that we haven't thought of before an interesting take on a character and if Spider-Man 700 leads down to interesting stories about these characters uh especially if they don't have to retcon it all later, that's great. That's that's what I want is I want good stories, right, yeah. ultimately? That's, yeah, but, and Andy and I talked about this in the past when, when uh, I forget which episode it was, Andy, but we were talking about why uh, these characters who've been around for so long, why the authors continue to write for them and not come out with new heroes or new villains quite as much. And it, this kind of circles back to that in some way in that, you know, you have... 
you have somebody like me who at age four was sitting next to Spider-Man and like Spider-Man is a certain, he's a certain guy under the mask. And it's not like, I don't want to see him change. Like when he got married to MJ, like I thought that was great. You know, I thought that was good. Oh, look at this. You know, he's growing up. I grew up. He should grow (laughs) up. Right. You know, and like, that was fine. And there's been things I'm not going to say that I was a fan of the, the clone things or when he had the extra arms or, you know, when he came out of the husk, like those those things were kind of weird. And, uh, you know, the entire world knowing his identity. Well, OK, you know, it, it's yeah. different, less interesting. Doctor Mary, Strange Mary Jane also it. had a baby that they don't talk about. So, uh, yeah. And there was a I, clone I, that took his identity, but it didn't take his identity, but it did. Yeah. And, you know, there have <laughs> and been now other... he's in Houston, apparently. Yeah. yeah. OK. A scarlet spider, but there, you know, yeah, so there, right. there are different there. I mean, if, if Ramos is going to draw it, I'll go along with it. But it, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's tough because this is a character who, you know, like if, if you say, oh, well, Superman's not going to be Clark Kent, it's going to be Lex Luthor in, in his brain. Well, they've done things like that, you know, but you, you always got the sense that it wasn't, there wasn't this sense of permanence to it. And everything that the Marvel and the people from Marvel have been saying is, you know, that that you're starting a new series. With We're talking about the superior Spider-Man because, and we didn't, I don't think we've said this, issue 700 uh, is the last yes. issue of the Amazing Spider-Man. Last until it proves useful to make it not the last, but yes. Okay. But there is the new series to replace it is called Superior. Spider-Man, right? Which is going to start with issue number one in January, and uh, it it is not. This is what they've said. It is not going to be Peter Parker yeah. under the mask. And now, at least we're being, unless this is all just a red herring, yeah, we're being led to believe that this is now Doc Ock, uh, Doc Ock's brain power, and 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 yet still his own memories and Peter Parker's memories. It's totally a red herring, but. Um... You know, but to to what end? I don't know. Yeah. The sad thing is they did this already. I mean, as a fan of Ultimate Spider-Man, they stopped Ultimate Spider-Man right. and they renumbered it with number one. They had that event where nothing will ever be the same and New York was flooded. And then, of course, five issues later, everything was the same. But um, because it's comics. But um, and, and Spider-Man will not be behind the mask and all of that. Peter Parker won't be behind the mask. And it was all just, you know, it was bogus. It was. It, and now here they're doing it again. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's again. Sometimes I feel like the PR actually serves to make me less interested in what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> and then the stories have to redeem the PR, which seems backward to me. But okay, fair enough. Uh, but th- but we don't want them to screw up Spider-Man. Though that's my thought. It's like Amazing Spider-Man, seven hundred issues. It's been there since the beginning. The second appearance of Spider-Man was Amazing Spider-Man number one, and now they're like, well, we're going to do this other Spider-Man, and we're going to see what happens. And is this maybe, maybe this good stories will come out of it? But is it necessary to do a stunt like this with yeah. Spider-Man? I, I say no. I say no. And that's the thing. Like you want to keep him relevant. You want to keep him interesting. Well, I thought that Ultimate Spider-Man both. Spider-Man characters, you know, in that and those stories around it were really interesting. And you know what? Okay, so Peter Parker died. Died. And it was very sad. It was very sad. And that kind of sucked. And there are people who got really upset about that. Yeah, I did. Um, I actually got more upset that they advertised it as the death of Spider-Man five issue arc. For up front. Yeah. And so when it happened, it was like, oh, so they did kill him instead right. of it being actually like, oh, I can't believe what they just did. And right. again, the PR over blew the story, yeah. which is right. was too bad. But I was yeah. mad about it. But, you know, yeah. like they can do that kind of thing. But it, you knew that they were doing that 
and that they're bringing in Miles, and then you're like, well, at least we got Peter Parker over here in the real Marvel. <laughs> yeah, universe. right. You know, like you knew that. Yeah, and we you can were do okay. this and here. Na- uh, yeah, and now they're screwing around with that. Yeah. Like I, I just like I, and you know what? I mean, I know that I know why they're doing it. They're doing it because they, they, they need to sell these things, and that's fine. But can't I don't know. I'm trying not to get upset again. What, what, I, what I don't like is that there's a – I don't know why they make they, – they have to make every storyline about uh, the stupid details about the characters. If this, this, is a, this is a pet peeve right. that goes all the way back to I, – I, I, first, I first really identified uh, watching Star Trek The Next Generation. All of those episodes in which I, I just wanted to get the showrunner in a room and just say, dude, you have – interesting colorful range of characters that are on a starship that can go anywhere and do anything and this season you had five episodes of which something happens to the holodeck and they have to fix the computer i'm not (laughs) interested in this ship go someplace interesting and have them do something interesting and so i don't know yeah no you're right the story about a character when you could just tell an interesting story well it's like uh we want to do something really really terrific with with peter parker so I know, let's mess around with his powers, or let's have someone else in his body, or let's have him morph into something else, as opposed to you, get, you Peter Parker, great character, you've done great, now let's put him in an interesting situation and see, see how he reacts to it. One of my favorite moments in comics where they did, when uh, doing a, a, like special event crossovers were a little bit more special than they used to be. There was a a, a special one one uh, one shot in which uh, Peter, uh, in which uh, Spider Man and Wolverine teamed up and did something together. And at the end of this book, uh, the, uh, the it's it being a Wolverine story, of course. She, ha- of course, it's about like a former lover of Wolverine and her, what she's the shadowy <laughs> business she's in right now, and and assassins and stuff like that. And the climactic moment is. One in which, uh, essentially, the uh, the Wolverine's lover decided to do a suicide by cop thing uh, and involve Spider Man in it, where just by reflex she attacked she attacked him from behind, knowing that he would basically flail out without really without really being able to think about it, and basically killed her. And the entire deal of this story was Wolverine like knows that oh man that's horrible because I can kill somebody and not really think twice. This is going to mess this guy up forever. And that's the last scene, and there's a, a little follow-up scene, which you see him just not knowing what to do with this fact, knowing that he, even by accident, has killed this person, been, been irresponsible. And you don't have to give him an extra set of arms. You don't have to you know, make his powers transferable to somebody else. You don't have to put another person in his head to make these incredible moments. You know that Peter Parker, even if he kills someone by accident... That will change him. That will make him. That, right, that, that you right. will feel the burden that he's put on himself that this has happened to him. I want to see more stories like that. And the problem is that there are two problems with pitching a story like that. Number one, all these they 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 rent the Marvel and DC does this too. I mean, they rent a they rent a, a suite at the Ramada Inn someplace, and they put all their 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 editors and their writers into that room for three days. Yeah. You know, and they it's and, like a creative exactly. summit, and no one's going to say. No, no, no. It's it's sort of like going to being a, a, the creative summit at like TGI Fridays and saying, what if we were to source our beef from the best grain fed farm ever? We'll get our, our, our vegetables locally. We'll produce a steak and vegetables that are just fresh and perfectly, co- perfectly cooked. Nobody is going to hear you say that. They're going to say, what if we put sparklers in it and we coat it, we coat it in chocolate and double black black orchid uh, chili sauce we'll call it the instant death on a plate yes 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 you win you win 
I think the same thing happens at these creative summits where everyone tries to top each other and top each other and top each other when they say, no, I have this really wonderful moment. What if Peter Parker had to simply stop, had this sort of moment that happens to him where he can still go on with his life. There are going to be no physical reper repercussions, but it's going to make him rethink every decision he's ever made because he's never had to make, he's never, he's never had to make this decision before where he had to literally say, these five people are going to have to die because I, yeah. there are these 20 people that I might be able to save. And then maybe he only saved four of those people in that, and that, and that bus that he ran off to, to go and save that. And that could go five or six issues as he just tosses this around in his head time and time again. And it would be one of those, one of those stories that just sticks with you and you remember 20 years later. I mean, the only reason why we're talking about one more day, 20 uh, uh, few years later is that it's the, it's the, the predicate to the subject line. What's the dumbest thing that has ever been done <laughs> in a, in a Marvel comic ever. You thought you could outdo the, you yeah. couldn't outdo the clone saga, mm. but, uh, but wait, yeah. <laughs> we did. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, uh, I, I wonder sometimes if, and again, I have great love for ultimate Spider-Man. If the reason that I think that was so successful is really because it was off on the side. It was one author, basically his vision, Brian Bendis's vision. And he got to tell the stories he wanted to tell and wasn't part of the creative summit machinations with crossover events and things like that. And that, you know, that you lose that and then it becomes this weird kind of committee driven stunt driven thing and maybe that's just the nature of the of the medium yeah. but uh you know i i love the character though i mean i guess before because we've been going for a little while here before we go i wanted to ask you know what makes us love spider-man why do we why do we love him do we love him because he is this guy who doesn't have his act together do we love him because his his outfit is cool and he's got cool powers why why is he one of the top you know, two or three comic book superheroes that that have ever existed, which is, I think, kind of undeniable. You got Superman and Batman. You got Spider Man. I think those are the top three, right? So, why is he in the in the pantheon? What? what why do we love him? Because the way that this personality has been crafted, it is classic, powerful storytelling. Yeah. Doesn't mean it doesn't really even matter that he is Spider Man or this is a comic book. The fact that he could be so much more than he actually is. And he is held back by this overwhelming guilt that he will never he ever. Is the, he is the guilt trip yeah. superhero. And, 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 no and, not, and, not, and, exactly, and not, not in a whiny way either. Okay. We're, we're, you've seen other characters where it's like, oh, for, for the love of God. You know, this that would happen 20 years ago and that person would be dead around, dead, dead by now anyway. What, just stop whining about it. If he doesn't doesn't do a whole lot of pacing in rain-soaked uh, midnight streets uh, about not being able to intervene and save his, uh, and save his uncle Ben, but you see that this is why he is he's going go, he's going to go uh, he has a big job interview at nine a.m. He's going to do it on two and a half hours sleep because he felt as though well I need to cover this one more block. Because there right. might be something. His life is a disaster in part because he is so <laughs> responsible. In the, he he's allowed Peter Parker's life to be a disaster because of the responsibility he feels. Right. To right. And you know, and it's. I mean, we could we could have such a like spiritual and religious discussion about this, where at some point it even becomes self indulgent that he feels this amount of guilt that he could move on and be twice and be twice as effective <laughs> at, at helping people. But it's. I mean, there there is a there's there's a reason why. The grieving process is called a process because a process ends. If you make grief your entire life theme, you are throwing away one of the greatest gifts that the universe gives you, which is life. And so, so the, the, this is so this is a condensed version of the three-hour excited discussion we can have about the the, the gospel according to <laughs> Peter Parker. 
but that's why he is such a powerful character. You could write an opera based on this character. You could buy an ep- you could you could write a, a, an epic novel uh, about this character. It's such a powerful and compelling concept that he, in, in this in this sense he's almost bulletproof. He will he, he will he will survive one more day. He will survive being turned into a giant spider. He will even survive the spider buggy because of this core concept that <laughs> just can't be destroyed. <laughs> You know, you mentioned guilt. I, I think the interesting thing about him, and, and and I do think guilt is at the root of his origin. But it's that the, the great power comes great responsibility. It's the guilt transmuted into responsibility. But it does it gives you a good reason why he does what he does, and why he prioritizes it. That superheroes sometimes struggle with. You always, if you if you apply some reality, some logic to some of these superhero stories, you're like, why? Why do it? Why would you even do it? Why, why you're getting beat up? You're going to die? You know, all of these reasons. Why do you do it? And with Spider-Man, we got a really good reason why, which is it starts with guilt and it leads to an understanding that he has to do it because he's got these powers and um, he would be irresponsible. He would be – by not acting, he would be, he, he would be committing a, a bad right, act right. by not acting. And that's what drives him. So it may be – maybe he's worked through some of that guilt, Andy. Maybe not. Depends on the story, right? But he certainly hasn't lost the fact that that guilt turns into this – this rock solid, um, you know, credo of responsibility that he has to. He, he's always going to have these mm-hmm. powers, and therefore he's always going to be responsible. But it's 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 uh, it's fascinating. I mean, it's there. There have been a few uh, really emotionally fulfilling, but maybe not story wise fulfilling scenes in which, through one trick or another, Peter Parker gets to talk to his Uncle Ben one more time. Uh, and the interest, the interesting way to end that would be that Pete. I really wish that you had married Mary Jane. I wish you would have kids. I wish that you had built a life for yourself instead of living your life through others because, you know, if I taught you anything, it was because you have value in this world and you are cheapening your own value on this planet by not living your life for yourself. That would be the sort of thing where now there's the six issue story arc in which, oh God, now he's staring at the pills and the rope. <laughs> he's hanging himself with his own webbing. <laughs> Dan, what uh, what 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 makes Spider Man appeal to you? You know, I mean, I I think obviously there's the the very basic stuff that because I don't remember a world that didn't have Spider Man in it, right? You know, just like there are kids, oh yeah, born today who like you know like The Simpsons is this really old cartoon, right? Well, Dan Morin, you know, never lived, never knew life without Star Wars, which blows me away. Yeah. I remember discovering Star Wars, but yeah, Spider Man for us, right, was always I, those that nineteen sixty seven, sixty eight crazy, cheap, weird uh, Spider Man cartoon. Yeah. Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man does whatever. A that was my can introduction to Spider Man, and I thought it was great. <laughs> Absolutely, even though they only had like the one shot of him swinging from the side <laughs> and the one ma- shot of him that, swinging that forward. That was a good thing. Those teenagers are gonna, you know. Yeah. But it was that was oh my god. Oh, Spider-Man, he's the greatest, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, just, totally. Just from that. And then, like, he came to my mall, and it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. So, you know, I've always got a, a, a place for him. And here's here's what I always liked about him, and I didn't realize that I liked this until— See, I didn't self-identify as, as what you would call a nerd or a geek until— I was old enough to really know what that was. So the fact that, like, Parker was, you know, pocket protector, uh, pencil neck geek kind of kid— like that didn't especially appeal to me. And I, I remember thinking, you know, like, why doesn't he just, why isn't he Spider-Man all the time? Why would he ever want to be Peter Parker? And that seems stupid. The same thing with like, 
you know, with Batman, like, why doesn't he wear the suit all the time? He does. And I'm sorry. One side side note, I'll let you get back. It has to be pointed out that Batman is the real personality. The super, the, the, yes. the costume is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. That, very, very, very yeah, true. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Wayne is a, is a fraud and Batman is the guy. We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get Jason to see that movie so we can do oh, one yeah. of those. We will re, we will revisit. Yeah. The Nolan trilogy. I want to talk about that'd be great. See that third, third movie. But yeah, that, that's the difference in Superman. That was always the argument too. Is right. That Superman, Clark Kent is the, is the, is the put on and Superman is the guy. But see, I think it's the other way around. Hold I on. think Peter Parker is the hero here. You, I, I will I, again, parenthetically, that's completely the reverse. Uh, that uh, Clark Kent is the real person. Superman is the fake personality there. Super, Superman is the fake person. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Whereas Batman, Bruce Wayne is a put-on, exactly. right? Bruce Wayne is millionaire, doofus, right. <laughs> jerk. Not real. Right? Not, not, a, re- not a real guy. Right. Even though there is a real guy, that's not him. That's not him. Right. Whereas Peter Parker, I don't know, I, is, who's, the real, who's the real guy? I've, Peter Parker's the hero. Peter Parker's the hero. And you always feel like you, and this is, you asked me what appeals to me. You feel like that's Peter Parker. At least I do. When I read, when I read, when the good writers, you know who I'm talking about. And it's the sacrifice, right? It's the sacrifice sacrifice too. Like I said, his, his life is, is just crap. You don't feel, at least I He sacrifices it. Totally. And I don't feel when I'm reading, you know, when you, when you read Batman, okay, Cape and Cowl are on, let's, you know, let's. Let's get down to business here. With gotta have the cow. With Peter Parker and Spider Man, I feel like it's one guy. I don't feel like there's a dual. Yeah. At least you know, not since the the black suit. I don't feel like there's a dual thing happening here. It's one guy. He sometimes he wears the mask because he's out there and he's he's doing stuff where he doesn't want you know people to know who he is, and and then the rest of the time he's not. But it's still one guy. And one of the things back to this uh, movie. One of the things I thought was was you know neat about it, and of course you have to do this because uh, you know you want to see his expressions and stuff. But there was a lot of parts of the movie where he was, although he was doing stuff as Spider Man, he might not have had the mask on. Again, right. you know you you do that because you want to see the actor, you want to see what he's experiencing. The girls like him, whatever. But yeah, you say that like, and it totally makes sense. But that was one of the problems with the original uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man yeah. is that it was like a Power Rangers movie because you never saw people's faces. It was like him and William and uh, and and uh, who was uh, who was the Green Goblin in that? It was uh, Willem Dafoe. Well, I'm Defoe, right? And and they're, the they're having these moments where it's cutting back and forth, and it's like it is it's like just a, power a mask. Scene. It's a mask. It's a series ah. of masks. So so I, I, I <laughs> yeah, they like he loses his mask, he takes his mask off, and it's like, hey, it's a guy. Right. It's this kid, and that's the heart of Spider-Man to me. Yeah. No, I think that I think you're right. The, that and the fact that things don't always go well for him. That he's a reaction to those like super with it together DC heroes, where you know, especially back in the '60s when he was created, and he, and, and Peter Parker is just kind of he's kind of messed. Things don't go well. He gets beat up. He you know he 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 loses his job or he misses an assignment or whatever it is, and that that's kind of endearing too. That he he you know he's struggling with being a superhero. Yep. It's not easy, right? It's, it's not easy. It's but and this is this is what I people like. people don't like him. You know, the cops don't like him. Joe no, Jameson doesn't right. like him. You know, <laughs> but you know what? I felt like I didn't miss was the whole uh, Schlemiel aspect to the Tobey Maguire, uh, Peter Parker. The sad sack. The sad yeah, sack. Tobey Maguire's goes, way you know, too kinda, sad sack. Kind of kicks the can. As I have walk. nothing to give to you. Right. <laughs> You're the pretty girl and you like me, but I just can't. My heart is too full of right, darkness. Right, right, right. Right, which you want to shake him. Yeah. And you're like, stupid Peter Parker. <laughs> right. And there's none There's none of that in, in this version. Yeah, he had he, dignity. He's a much more likable. He had some dignity. Yeah, Andrew Garfield, who I think did a good job. I thought he was a. I think he again. He, I didn't know again, what to think. I Jason, thought he did a good job. I thought I was not going to like him in this role, 
and and I I wound up yeah. thinking he did a, a pretty pretty good job in it. Martin Sheen, pretty good uh, Uncle Ben, I thought too. Surprisingly, and, and especially good. especially in that scene in the high school where uh, Gwen Stacy is there, and he basically tries very hard to embarrass yeah, Peter as much as great. possible. I'm his parole officer, <laughs> by the way. So, <laughs> so walking him to be walking and talking a lot more though. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like, well, your your dad, your uncle is the president exactly. of the United States yeah. for Pete's sake, yeah. and your and your aunt is Sally Field. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah. how bad can life be? Your girlfriend's got it much worse. Dennis Leary is her <laughs> father. I mean, all right. So li- listen, one thing we haven't really talked about very much at all, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this. I know you guys. That's well, good. Sick we're of running it. out of time. But yes, uh, I, think, I think I think we're thinking the same thing. Okay, what is Nandy? Should Spider Man be an Avenger? Oh well, that's a good question Gee. too. That may be better okay. than what I was going to say. So should should he be? <laughs> no. Various various movie contracts suggest he shouldn't be. Yeah, I would say no. I would say absolutely not. And the fact that he is in the comics is strange. And it's strange to Peter Parker, by the way, in the comics too. Yeah, I never liked that um, beyond beyond like Marvel team up. I never liked. Peter Parker never liked Spider-Man interacting with the other Marvel heroes no. beyond a, you know, misunderstanding. I get in the way. Yeah, we have, You're we causing have, trouble for me. We have me. Deadpool for that. He's a lonely, you know, he's a loner. He's a lonely guy. And and being part of, I mean, that was an interesting story arc when they were like, move into the penthouse of Avengers Mansion with Aunt May right. and things like that because it was so like, whoa, this is not my life, yeah. right? That so So I could see telling a story like that, but in general, to just have him kind of be tagging along with the Avengers, it doesn't sound, it, it, it doesn't sound it, right it at isn't, all. And it, the, the running joke in those is that he's, speaking of, of underpowered, he's so underpowered when he's with the other Avengers. And that's <laughs> well, the joke. I mean, that's okay. the joke in the comics. Well, okay, Black Widow is an Avenger too. Well, yeah. I know. Captain, Captain America and she, is, her, is... Her one superpower is being really, really liked by Brian Michael Bendis. That's her one superpower <laughs> that keeps her on yep. that team. It's a pretty good power. But it's, it's, it, it deprives... Putting him in... It, it's so much stronger that he has the respect of pretty much all the other heroes out there. Right, right. But he doesn't feel as though he deserves it. He's been... That he's right. been offered a spot on the Avengers, <laughs> but he's turned it down saying, no, I'm not really in this league, guys. I really right, can't right. play at your level. And also there's the idea... All of, right, so people in the chat room, Andy, are, are pointing out that Hawkeye is... he's Okay, so fine. He's not yeah. underpowered compared to all of them, but, you know, you're still running around with, with the Hulk. The and, Hulk you know, and Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Thor. I do, I, I do. Yeah. Wouldn't he be bad PR for them too? I mean, I, I, yeah. he's he's so disliked by so many people. <laughs> would they be like, you know, Spidey, we love you, but we can't be seen around right. you. Anyway, I like. I think he adds a bit of heart to the Avengers team. I haven't seen that movie yet either, but in the comic books, they're a bit a uh, bit boring. Yeah, sadly, not allowed to be in the. Uh, yes. In the because of all the the X Men are in one world and right. the, although although apparently. They were going to stick Stark Tower in the Amazing Spider-Man and stick the Oscorp Tower in the Avengers <laughs> just as a nod, even though they're totally separate studios. And then they, I guess they ran out of rendering time and it didn't happen. Uh, but that would have been a funny been little, cool. little Easter egg. Dan, what were you, so what what what's the elephant in the room for you? That because Andy. Oh, what I was going to say is just, didn't guess. Well, it. <laughs> we we haven't even talked about the lizard. We haven't even talked about him. Oh my god! Oh, the lizard. I, I'm trying to be smart. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah no, <laughs> what yeah. do you what do you think of of uh, of this of this lizard? Could you, you know, they wanted to pick a villain who was yeah. not in the other movies, so they're down to to the lizard. And yeah, I I, li- I think the lizard kind of deserved better, just because the lizard for me has always been this tragic guy that um super tragic, you know, especially yeah, in he's the trying recent, to, he's trying to grow issues. his arm back right. He's not a megalomaniac. He, he tries to grow his arm back and opens this door and 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 lets this monster out. Right. 
And then in, I, I like actually in the comics uh, down the road, they always had Connors kind of come back in and be really kind of chastened and like, <laughs> you know, boy, I screwed right. up, but now I'm going to help you. I'm going to use my science powers to help Peter right. because I owe him one, right? Yeah. I liked that. I always liked that dynamic. But in this, he just becomes he, – he starts out kind of nutty and then he becomes completely insane. Yeah, he's like that professor in college that flunked you and you just couldn't figure out why because you didn't do a bad job. You know, he has that kind of attitude. He's a little bit aloof. You yeah. know? It turns out he was injecting radioactive <laughs> lizard venom into right. his, you know, intravenously. Yeah. And that explains everything. Yeah. And, I, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think the treatment of, of, of uh, the character was good. I didn't especially like the lizard as the lizard. Um I I just I felt like um, at least they had him in the lab coat for that one scene. I was grateful for that. Right, they had to have that. <laughs> I remember when he's getting shot yeah. up. The, the lizard's a great choice for. I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be an action movie. What's cooler than an anthropomorphic lizard? That's insane. And 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 yeah. And he's, and he's also a, he's also a character that can fight someone with Spider-Man's powers very very yeah. effectively. You don't, you don't, it's a good you, monster, it's, right? Exactly. He's I mean, a good monster. My problem was the the lab scenes where he's like ranting about where, where I, I guess I, I prefer a lizard that's kind of like more like the Hulk where it's like there's this really regretful scientist and then there's this monster that takes right. over. And instead he just became this megalomaniac scientist right. who yeah. wanted to become a lizard. Yeah, and he was happy as the lizard it seemed like and, and quite yeah. content. And, and when he went back to being Connors again, he wanted to go back to the lizard right away and – I mean, there's a little bit of that dynamic in, in the books as well, but I don't know. I just didn't think the tree. And, and to be honest, I didn't like the look of the lizard one bit. Not one bit. Huh. Didn't like it. Okay. I did like when he ripped off his tail. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that, was, that was good. But, I, you know, the, this sort of smushy face and, you know, I always, yeah. the, the lizard's supposed to have a little bit of a snout. He didn't need the uh, Chelsea grin, as they say. He was a little bit Godzilla-like. Yeah. Mini Godzilla, tiny Godzilla. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I was I was disappointed by that. I liked, you know, I, uh, Gwen Stacy. I liked aspects of that. I thought, you know, she's cute as a button. I, I, their interaction was really nice. But the the whole like she's also in the lab with yeah, Doc I Connors. I've said a couple of times. I thought that was lame. Yeah. I think it would have been better if she was a regular high school student and yeah, then something kid. else about Peter led him. You know, the fact that that her dad is the captain is enough of a coincidence to have her also work at the lab with totally. Connors, who has the Oscorp, which is the formula from Peter's parents right. and all that. It's just like too it's much. Too, too much, and it makes her it makes her character not make sense because she is just a, a kid like Peter in high right. school, and she's not some scientific super genius. Even if she's a very bright student, she's not going to be like literally the Doc lab. Connors is like, Gwen, you're going to run yeah. the whole intern program for all the other <laughs> interns. It's like, no, that that no. Too many coincidences, not necessary. Right. Um, but, but I liked – you know, I, I like the character. I like the performance. I, I liked lots of things about it. And I liked also not having the burden of the Mary Jane thing and having it, you know, be kind of a little lighter. It's like it's a girl he likes in high school and it's going to be his first girlfriend. Um, and we know what happens to Gwen Stacy in the comics. But I like that they that they I did just that. want to say thought, that better happen in the next movie. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> it better happen. It better happen early on in the movie. Or I'm going to be very upset. I'll be very upset if if she dies because I I think that's a good character. She better but, die. But but you kind of that's sort of what you do with Gwen Stacy. You right? have the to. Green Goblin. You kills have her. to. That's that's the next movie. That's, I'm going to tell everybody yeah. right now. The next movie <laughs> is Green Goblin, 
and it's Gwen Stacy, yeah. and she better die in this thing because if they go off the rails with that one too, you've lost me. It's not that I don't like her. I think she's great. I like. I I wish she would stick around, but she can't. It's too late. The rumor is that Electro really is the the villain in the next one, and I ho- so I hope there's no Green Goblin in the next one, and they they play that out even further with Norman Osborn because what I what I've learned about superhero movies, and you guys can back me up on this, is when you start adding more villains. <laughs> That's when the quality of the movie goes through the Can floor. Can you do a right? whole cannot, movie around you, Electro, though? Well, they did a whole. Oh, I, the I, lizard, you've got the transformation. You've got him as a scientist. That the thing, oh, he discovered. Where the Electro just shows up and he's, you know, he's zapping people. Yeah, Jamie Fox is Electro. If it gives you any uh, any encouragement, realize this will be one of only seventeen different subplots inside this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I, I think, I, I think true. that I, I really wish that I were like the commissioner of movies, where uh, it, it, this is this is like how like China controls the the internet, where they don't <laughs> stop you from doing anything, but they realize that you realize that we are giving you, you we're giving you a license to operate in our country, and if you do not please us, we will pull that license. If I had that sort of authority over the movie industry, I would say, okay, Marvel, if you want to continue to have a license to make movies, you will never, ever, 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 until I say otherwise do anything that builds up to a post credit sequence in which somebody meets somebody else and who's hidden by shadows and reveals <laughs> something and reveals something that that tells us oh so he's going to be the big guy in the next movie right because i mean both with with the, the spider-man movie and the avengers it had that same problem where if you if yep. you remove the fact that you have you have to have this other guy who has absolute almost no role in the actual movie but he's just there for the post credit sequence to set up the sequel Oh man, you, that's like that's like dropping lead weights and being able to fly after that. So it's like, oh, the commissioner of movies has spoken. Right. So mode it be. Oh. <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about uh, about uh, about Spidey before we go? I feel like we've turned this over a few dozen I mean, times. About the, co- the costume, but we don't have to go into. Yeah, that. I thought it was okay. It, that's a tough costume, costume to replicate right. in real in real life, right? It was all right, but I, I, you know, like to me, he could build the. I, I know you guys want to just be yeah, done, but he made it right. I mean, <laughs> he could I, I make, did like. I believe he could make those web shooters. Fine, but uh, that costume. Come on, come on. Yeah, there's uh, there's a little there. I like that they showed him like getting fabric and trying to make it right because I yeah. that is part of the story. But that yeah. was a good costume. It was really good. Yeah, and he was. He a has dude. a future. Yeah. He has a future. In uh, in costume design for the movies, well, that in Ultimate Spider Man, he has he ends up having Mary Jane make him costumes, mm. um, which is great because so she's in on it early on, and then he keeps losing his costumes, and she's like, "Do I have to make you another costume?" And it's really yeah. funny, and you know, like I said, he's got no spider pants for a while, <laughs> and it's good. It's that's really great stuff. So you know, I like that they tried to make it that this is a homespun guy though that he's making his web shooters, he's making his costume, he doesn't have. You know, he, he's trying to do it all himself. I thought that was fun, even though it's completely unlikely that it, anybody uh, who is not a professional could have made a suit like that. Right. But I did I did like he ran around with the little mask on for a while in the beginning. That was pretty cool. Does whatever a spider can. Apparently, spiders can make very detailed superhero <laughs> costumes. I didn't know that. Well, see, that's the, 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 great, the greatest <laughs> gift to superhero movies, if not superheroes in general, is the fact that they're in real in real life there is this thing called a 3D printer. So now that's your solution to every problem. Like how to well there he he, he, yeah. he 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 he, He's a he broke into the lab and used the 3D printer because he just simply yep. down, made this made this model in Google SketchUp of the of the costume. But then, <laughs> He's a good artist uh, too. Right. And, 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 nice little sketches. I know, I know that I know that there's no way to get no way to get around the idea of putting him in the iconic costume. Nor should they get around that idea. But I do always for all these uh, superhero movies. 
when they the the trend is to not set it in a superhero universe, to set it in our real world and to make it a little bit more grounded. And I don't think any, with the, with the possible exception of the Batman movie, I don't, uh, Chris Nolan's Batman movies, I don't think they've set a reality in which somebody can dress like Spider-Man and not look like, <laughs> like the fight yeah. starts with, what the hell are you wearing, boy? Right. Well, you know that new the new man of, the Man of Steel trailer. You know, there's that shot with the big billowing cape, and I'm like, oh, here's the cape, right? And yeah, it's just yeah. it's not. If you're looking for reality, you're gonna have to. T- I mean, the X Men they tried to do that by putting them all in leather flight suits or whatever instead of spandex. But it's it's hard. I liked that scene where he tries to fight in a like a hoodie. I thought that was that was good. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, unless you're. Like one of my one of my favorite superhero movies is Unbreakable, the M Night Shyamalan movie with uh, Bruce Willis. Um, and and what it, Bruce Willis turns out, spoiler alert, he's sort of a superhero. What's his costume? A purple poncho yeah. <laughs> that he's wearing because it's raining. That's right. his costume. It's a guy in a poncho. Right. But that's there's your real world take is that this kid would not have a super spandex costume on. But you know that's. That's the intellectual property. I hate to say it, and unless yeah, they do it, it's a real gritty rethinking of Spider-Man. Where it, you know it's not. It's he's going to have tights on. You kind of can't escape it. Just like Sp- Superman is going to have that big billowing red cape. It's just going to happen. Why, that's why, like with with Batman, Chris Nolan solved the problem by creating a heightened sense of unreality in that entire movie. And even so, pointed out that right. he is dressing specifically for effect and everything he's wearing has a tactical nature to it. It's not that he's... Right, re- but Batman is all about the equipment, right? So it's perfect right. to do that. It's like it's part of his right. equipment. Superman, I think that the only way to make that character work is that you really do have to set it in a more cartoonish sort of environment where not Wait, not not, not yeah. where not where you have you know plastic man bouncing into every frame even in like even, even <laughs> in the first movie of this but you have to create a different sort of reality in which a man dressed a man in a, in a big red cape and blue long johns and and and, and tight jockey red jockey shorts are over it makes sense inside that inside that world which is why that a movie like fantastic four a movie like superman i don't know why they insist on shooting it live action where if they did it entirely cgi that and that's that's huh. the way to do this, a Fantastic Four movie. That's not that's it's it's you, you really can't do a movie like that where four characters with such interesting powers integrate into their world unless nothing you're seeing in any frame is real. Well, we, we're going to have tw- new Fantastic Four in what year? Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hate to say it, but you know some of these deals, superhero deals, they the studios have to keep making the movies or they give right. them back to Marvel. Right. And at this yeah. point, Marvel and Disney. Are I, I'm pretty sure in the business of accumulating whatever intellectual property they can. So we're going to keep seeing Fantastic Four movies. We're going to keep seeing X Men movies because they don't want to give. I guess they'll give Daredevil back, right? Was it? I heard, I <laughs> but read, I read I, something that that was part. Of, this might just be a rumor, but I read part of a deal that said that if we give you Daredevil back, will you give us some extra time to make this movie? Huh. That could be. That could be because Marvel, back when it wasn't making its own movies, split you know split its intellectual property across these many studios, which is why you know we won't see Spider Man integrated into the Avengers because they don't. Columbia Pictures has and Sony have the Spider Man rights, and Fox has the X Men rights, and so Marvel and Disney can't do those. But there is but there is this expiration in the contract, which is why um, you know they'll keep making movies. If they think that there's return on them, because if they stop making movies, the the rights go back to did, Disney and, Mer- and Marvel. Do they have a do they have a sort of a, a reality clause there? 
because there's the, the famous story about the first Fantastic Four movie that was made by Roger Corman. Right, the Roger nothing, Corman movie because, that they made for a million. Strictly because like, if they didn't make a, if they didn't start production by X date, then they were going to lose the rights, they lose their option for the movie scene. So they basically paid next to nothing for this really awful movie to be made. Maybe 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 that's maybe that's part of like a, like a, the blackmail aspect of it, saying, "Well, you can either give us another year to make to to, to make another Spider-Man movie, or we will go to a Mexican studio. <laughs> we will hire yeah. some wrestlers. <laughs> we will yes, we'll make it and release it only in Mexico. We will embarrass. <laughs> and we will cast. We will cast a a phone national city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in the chat room, they're saying that the, the deal was trying to get some Galactus and Silver Surfer rights back in exchange for a little more time to develop uh, Daredevil. And I'm sure there's some horse trading like that 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 goes on at this point because clearly Marvel would love to have all that stuff back under now that it's got its house in order, which it didn't when it made those deals, right? I mean, there were for years no Marvel movies and they finally cut the deal, especially the X-Men deal with Fox and that was like, oh my God, there's going to be a movie about a Marvel comic and then they, and the Spider-Man deal with Columbia and so you know we're left with, um, with uh, Marvel's properties split up, uh, which maybe isn't a bad thing because then they would try to shoehorn yeah. Uh, all those other, all these, the X Men and Spider Man into the Avengers arc, in and that would be kind of insane. I've, um, I've said before that Avengers, Avengers yeah. was a good movie because it was it combined like four lame sequels and two lame origin movies into one. Into one, and so that that get it out of the way. That's what made it so. You, 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 Hawkeye's entire origin is one scene, in which oh wow, he's really he's a really good marksman. Done with the origin. Now let's move yeah. on to the story. Yeah, we we get the lame Thor sequel. We get the lame Hulk sequel. We get the lame Iron Man sequel. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And it all ends up it all ends up to entertainment. It's it's like it's like the Whitman sampler. There's there's still an orange cream in there somewhere, but we'll. <laughs> Good luck finding we, 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 we it. Won't, yeah. We won't realize that until we've already right. bitten into it, so it's kind of okay. Uh, so as we say goodbye, I can't believe that we didn't touch on the most uh, integral part of the Spider-Man mythos, which is, of course, his appearance on the Electric Company <laughs> oh, yeah. in the late 70s, uh, which uh, he could, it wasn't Dove's whatever Spider-Can. It was uh, Spider-Man. Nobody knows who you are. That was yeah. it? Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows who anybody. You know, cop, uh, and then he would he would shoot his his web webs, and it would be drawn on the screen, right. and then you'd cut, and people would have like a big fishing yeah. net on them. <laughs> That's right, a white fishing net that didn't <laughs> match at all. One. They're like, oh no, Spider Man. And wanted he didn't the speak. Fishing net so he only bad. spoke. He only spoke yeah. in bubbles. In uh, he didn't actually say anything out loud. He would <laughs> he would he would gesture, and a big like thought bubble would appear above his head. Not the worst. Not the worst version. I of love Spider-Man that. Ever. <laughs> And also, and also, oh. no, this, I mean, no, this... the Japanese, the Japanese live-action Spider-Man, where he like turns into a robot or something, is the craziest one. And Marvel has those on its website. Yeah. I think you can actually go. Watch but that, that does bring up some of my favorites, uh, especially modern uh, favorite Spider-Man stories. Uh, the uh, Electric Company, uh, they actually licensed, uh, or licensed or commissioned Marvel to do a series of like Electric Company Spider-Man comics. Where they Spidey were, super Spider stories. super stories, exactly. Where oh, it's, it's, I read all of those where, where when I was a kid. They're fighting, they're fighting Doctor Doom, but Doctor Doom has not kidnapped an entire town and and and, and turning turning his former lover into a living suit of armor for his magical powers. It's like more low key, like you know, kind of kind of more child you know, child uh, friendly right. sort of story. He stole he stole a cupcake. <laughs> exactly. Now we have to get now Spider Man <laughs> and the and the Fantastic Four has to get the cupcake back. Yeah. Um, 
That's Franklin's cupcake. We want it back. Exactly. It's his birthday. And you, don't, you don't want to make Franklin angry because he can wish you into the cornfield real quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's I, – I, the anytime that I don't like what's happening in the Avengers, but I, don't, I don't like what's happening in, in uh, Spider-Man, I love the fact that Marvel does have these all-ages comics because I think that the, pe- the guys and the, yeah. the, the people who write those comics, they're not writing stupid, dumbed-down stories. They're writing stories that are more – Clat more more true to like the 1967 1968 right. version of superheroes where interesting characters will do a story that's that can be finished in one issue we will yep. don't necessarily have to reinvent what's going on we don't have to do anything for shock or dramatic or promotional value and because these are individual issues that can be read out of order we're going to have to make sure that these characters are consistent from issue to issue to issue. So um, they, they have Marvel Adventure Spider-Man, which is – Marvel also does a line of digests, which are, are kind of like manga style. They're on newsprint, but they're digest paperbacks. And uh, I bought a bunch of those for my kids, and those are really good. And, the, and, and uh, I'll also put in a plug for uh, Spider-Girl, which was Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, yeah. which is also a series of standalone issues. Uh, all ages. Uh, it's it's Peter Parker's daughter, the one that I said before that they kind of pretend doesn't exist, and this is set <laughs> in the future. And Peter's retired, and right. she is Spider Girl and has his powers. And uh, those are great too. And my daughter uh, really loved those. And and it's nice to get the that's a, that's a character. It doesn't have to all it's, be it's, dark and it's gritty. Nice and that, stuff that, like that. This is an alternative. I can I can say that. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not saying the Fantastic Four the past three or four years has been bad. I'm not saying the Avengers the past three or four years has been bad. We just we just each individually have our own tastes as to what we hope to get out of a out of a familiar a familiar team book so i can with that said uh i've the uh marvel adventures version of fantastic four the marvel adventures version of the avengers i've enjoyed those books a lot more than their mainstream yeah. versions yeah and marvel adventures spider-man yeah i recommend it's great that they do that that line yeah. for for younger readers and I, I occasionally i see somebody ask you know, how do I introduce my kids to comics? I think Dan, you you get that sometimes too, and and uh, there are some there's some good ones out there that are. Uh, uh, Merlin Mann was asking that about about introducing yeah. his daughter to Spider Man, and I, I said Marvel Adventures is good, and Spider Girl is really good, and Ultimate Spider Man. You got to be a little bit older, but I think Ultimate Spider Man is a great sort of like tween preteen uh, level story because it starts from the beginning, and there's a lot of high school angst, and it's good. It's I like that. It's, uh, well, what I there's there is this one line I'll just add to. That that um that's uh because my kid loves like spider-man and batman and they make these books that are you know for kids uh and they're you know they're they're not quite comic books but they're i'll put some of these into the show notes for you but they uh they're 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 more like little books that your kid can read that are simple but they still represent the kid except for the thing with the vulture getting the the jump on Spider-Man, <laughs> but they're pre- otherwise they're pretty good. And, uh, you know, you can get the Batman ones, you get all the different hero ones. And I think they're called like Spider-Man spider sense, but anyway, I'll find them and I'll all right. chuck them into the show. Cool. Notes. That's great. All right. This has been great. I feel like we've covered a lot, a lot of ground and we've, 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 we've laughed, we've cried, we've learned. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I've, my appreciation of Spider-Man has actually grown several sizes today. So, I'd like to thank my guests for, for joining me in the celebration of the that that wall crawling menace, uh, teenagers. Uh, Dan Benjamin, thanks so much for being back on the show. It's great. We should do this again sometime. Anytime. You name the day. All right. Uh, Thursday? No. Uh, but which Thursday? That's the question. That is. And Andy and Ico, thanks again for being here. Always a slice, Jason. 
Yeah, it's been great having you both. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to The Incomparable. I'm Jason Snell. Uh, Until next time, thanks for listening.